Peter is probably one of my favourite characters in the Bible. If you don't have a Bible, it's the greatest book in the world. I highly encourage you to get one. You can talk to Andrew, Pastor Andrew, or Pastor Adam, Patrick, Pastor Patrick, and I'm sure they'll connect you with a Bible. But the Bible is the best book in the world and has the most incredible characters in there. And um, it's not a story, it's actually a history book. And certain people could be in the Bible and they're not, and certain people are in the Bible. And they're in their Bible for a reason. And Peter's one of those. And I love Peter because he's kind of like the extremist. <laughs> he's either all in or all out. He's always on an extreme. He's, you won't find a lukewarm Peter. And I, I love how Jesus is washing his disciples in John chapter 13. It says in verse 5 that he poured water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet to wipe them with a towel that was wrapped around him. And he came to Simon Peter, who said, Lord, do you wash my feet? Oh, you can stop. That's okay. Thank you. (laughs) I'm just going to start preaching it. Isn't it beautiful? But you're going to be very tired by the end of my message. (laughs) Thank you, Alison. It's so nice. I'm staying with uh, Andrew and Alison out at their beautiful property. And um, such such a joy to be here. I, I'm a closet farmer. I think farming is the coolest thing in the world. And uh, so I just get into my veggie garden in my suburban block in Melbourne. Um, but these guys almost have a real deal farm. It's, you know, almost. It's, it's a hobby farm, but it's, it's everything I've dreamed of and more. So, um, no, it's beautiful. And it's great to be with you. Thank you for having me. Um, I never take lightly an invitation to come and bring the word. And I really wait on the Lord for what to bring. And I felt to share about, um, about Simon Peter. It says, so it says, he came to Simon Peter who said to him, Lord, do you wash my feet? Jesus answered him, what I'm doing, you do not understand now, but after you will understand. Peter said to him, you shall never wash my feet. Jesus answered him, if I do not wash you, you have no share with me. And Simon Peter said to him, Lord, not my feet only, but also my hands and my head. Jesus said to him, no, 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 the one who is bathed does not need to wash except for his feet, but is completely clean. And I want to tell you right now, if you call yourself a Christian, he has washed you. As far as the east is from the west, that's how far he has removed your sin from you. You're washed whiter than snow. He doesn't remember your sin anymore. But some of us, we go through life and the, uh, the dung of life sticks to us. Do you know what I mean? You know, um, there's certain people, when I'm around them, uh, the dung of life seems to somehow stick to me a little bit more, you know. Um, you see, the disciples in Jesus' day, they would walk to where they had to go often. And they were sharing the roads with camels and donkeys and horses and cows. And who knows... They all need to go to the bathroom somewhere and there wasn't like an off-leash donkey area for them to go and do their business. These animals would defecate on the ground that people would walk on and so they'd be walking in their open shoe sandals and they would get dung on their feet. So when they would come to have a meal, I don't know if you've ever had a Middle Eastern style meal, I have, so much fun, Tower of Yellow Rice, hallelujah, and, you, and they actually, how you eat is... The food is in the middle and you all sit around like such on cushions. It's really quite relaxing. 
But can you imagine if you had camel dung on your foot, how off-putting that would be for your brunch as you sit around to eat together. And so, as, would, as was the custom, you would come together for a meal and a host or usually a servant of a host would come and wash your feet. Just thinking about Jesus washing the dung off his disciples' feet, you just go, (laughs) what sort of a king, what sort of a creator of the universe would love you and I so much that he'd say, here, I've got it. No worries, I've got you. No, oh, let, me, let me find a servant, you know. But he actually comes to us. He says, I'm going to wash your feet. And, and Peter freaks out. There's a little bit of dung on his foot and all of a sudden he needs to have a whole new bath. And Jesus goes, whoa, 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 whoa. Slow down. You've already had a bath. You're already clean. I've just got to deal with the dung that stuck to you through the course of the day. And I want to encourage you, there are people in the room and in the dung of the last two years, maybe the dung of the last two hours, maybe the, the, the you know, has stuck to you in the last two weeks, the last two months, and you go, oh. And some of us, we, we tend to do a Peter and we go, oh, woe is me, oh, I'm so dirty, I'm just, oh, <laughs> I had a fight with my husband and now I'm disqualified. We need to quit. We, we can't do this anymore. We, I'm not. I, I, I'm never sitting towards the front of church again, you know. And Jesus would say to you tonight, whoa, 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 whoa. No, no, no. I already made you clean. Let's just deal with that dung. There were some fiery darts fired at you. And let's just rip that one out. And I want to encourage you that it is the filth that comes at you that actually attracts the servant to come and wash you. He actually is attracted to our brokenness. Have I said that enough for you to get it? Because so often we want to do an Adam and Eve and we want to hide. And our God just wants to walk with us. He wants to talk with us. He wants to minister to us. And yet we are hiding because we don't want him to see what's going on. I want to encourage you. He can already smell it. He already knows there's a bit of dung there. And he wants to deal with it. It's okay. He can handle your mess. And we have to live this beautiful balance of, I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus and the devil hates me and is still attacking me. But just because the devil's firing fiery darts at you, that's not your identity. Sometimes we get attacked and we take that on as a victim mentality instead of declaring the truth of the word. And we say, no, 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 get behind me, Satan. Well, but doesn't, no, 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 the word says, no, 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 don't you, or you're not a good enough wife. No, 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 don't you dare, Satan. I would. You're not smart enough. No, 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 no. I've actually got the mind of Christ, and I reckon Christ had a pretty good IQ. I love Peter because he's all in or he's all out. Can I share one more thing about Peter? Is that okay? Are we good? 
I think because we wore masks for so long, some of us have forgotten how to smile and even like nod our heads and and not hate me right now. Okay, so thank you. That's like, I don't need you to like me, but I at least need to know that you're not going to fall asleep. No, no, I'm just joking. It is funny though, I tell you, I've noticed a difference. I don't know if you have, uh, Pastor Andrew, but since wearing masks to no mask, you preach to people and they go like this. And in worship, they're like this. And I'm like, there's no mask I can see, you know, <laughs> like, hello, it's like we forget, you know, I don't know if you do that, you walk into the petrol station and you're like, yeah, just pump number five, thanks. Oh, yeah, pump number five, thanks, sorry, forgot I wasn't wearing my mask anymore. Some of us over the last two years, we've felt like we've really blown it. I've spoken to a lot of people and they just talk about the division and the distraction. And, and you know, we had an opportunity as a church to rise up, to unite, to serve, to love, to honour, to be there where people were scared and panicking. And, and so many of us, we just went... And we scrolled on Netflix and we watched online for about 20 minutes and then we might see what's on Channel 9. (laughs) And I love what's happening. I don't know if you're seeing this, but what's happening on the Ukrainian border right now is the church has thrown itself into caring for these refugees. I mean, absolutely overwhelming these refugees. They're just getting saved every single day. Family after family after family is giving their lives to Jesus because they've ran away from the enemy and they're like, where am I going? What am I doing? And they just run into the open arms of the church. I mean, churches have pushed all their pews out and they're they're housing them all and they're finding refuge for them and homes for them and the church has just jumped up and said, Ukraine, we're with you, we're with you, come, we'll, we'll, we'll receive your refugees. But some of us, over the last couple of years, we just didn't handle it too well. I might just be speaking to myself, I might be speaking to one or two, I might be speaking to the church in, at large, but we didn't handle ourselves too well over the last two years. I remember talking to one guy, he says, I love online church, because like, you just roll out of bed, you got your coffee, and you watch it, and then you can just get on with the rest of your life. And I was like, mate, I don't even know if you're saved. I'm serious, I'm serious. I don't know, like, I love the Lord so much, that when I see a Christian brother or sister, I'm just so excited, you know. Like, we're actually designed to do life with each other and to love one another and to sharpen each other. And a screen will not do that. I'm really sorry. It just doesn't. And so anyway, Peter, um, Peter in, in the book of John, chapter 18, finds himself denying Jesus. I don't know if you've ever felt like you've denied Jesus. I know I have at times. Felt that way. Well, Peter denies Jesus. If you're familiar with the story, Jesus is about to be killed. 
So we had a sin problem and Jesus came to pay for that sin problem by dying on the cross. The Bible says the wages of our sin was death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus. So Jesus came and he died for us to take away our sin. And just before he died on the cross to pay for your sin and my sin, all the bad things we've ever done, he's in his hour of need, he's being beaten and whipped and he's being absolutely harassed, spat on, just it's chaos. One of his closest disciples, one of his closest friends denies him. I don't know if you've ever had a family member or or a friend deny you. It hurts, especially in the time of need. And Peter denies him. It says here that a servant girl came up to Peter and said, you also are not one of this man's disciples, are you? He said, I am not. Now the servants and officers had made a charcoal fire because it was cold and they were standing and warming themselves. And Peter also was with them, standing and warming himself. He's standing by a charcoal fire. And he says, no, I'm not with that guy. Jesus is crucified. He rises again. But there's no Easter plays at this time. So for Peter and others, how do they know he's about to rise again? How do they know? Well, there's prophecies. But I want to say this, that Peter, after his denial and after Jesus' death, went back to what he'd always known, which was fishing. Not only did he go back to what he'd always known, he took other disciples with him. He should have been waiting for a Jesus to bust out of the tomb and for this incredible reunion of all the disciples with their Lord, and he went fishing. And some of us, we feel like we've just gone fishing over the last little while. Do you know what I mean? We've just gone back to what we, what we know. Oh, well, you know, this is my comfort food. That's my comfort screen. That's my comfort thing. And it's been tough, and so I've just gone back to what I know. Times are tough, and instead of stepping up, we've stepped back. And I love what Jesus does with Peter. And this is his invitation to you tonight. It says that Peter was in, the, in a fishing boat. He says, I'm going fishing. They said, well, we'll go with you. This is some of the disciples. They went out, got into the boat. But that night they caught nothing. So interesting because when Jesus first called Peter, he was doing the same thing, fishing and catching nothing. By the way, fishing without Jesus is really unproductive. It says, Just as day was breaking, Jesus stood on the shore. Yet the disciples did not know that it was Jesus. Jesus said to them, Children, do you have any fish? They answered, No. He said to them, Cast the net on the right side of the boat. Very familiar to that first time when he called his disciples. And you'll find some. So they cast it, and now they were not able to haul it in because of the quantity of fish. And that disciple whom Jesus loved therefore said to Peter, It's the Lord. When Simon Peter heard that it was the Lord, he put on his outer garment for his strip for work and he threw himself into the sea. I don't know where you're at right now, but when you recognize the Lord is coming after you 
and you know you have denied him and you know there's dung stuck to your feet, you better go all in. You better say, not just my feet, my whole body. You better say, oh, it's the Lord. I'm jumping. I'm throwing myself into the sea. And the other disciples came in the boat. Not Peter. He's, he's out. Dragging the net full of fish, for they were not far from the land, but about 100 yards off. And when they got on the land, they saw a charcoal fire in place. And what does Jesus do by the charcoal fire? He says, hey, Peter, do you love me? Feed my sheep. Peter, do you love me? Feed my lambs. Peter, do you love me? Feed my sheep. He's saying, Peter, if you love me, get back on the horse. Peter, if you love me, get back in the game. Peter, if you love me, I need you to do what I first called you to do, which was to feed my sheep which was to find the lost people in this world and feed them, give them the gospel, love them. And I'm here to tell you tonight that the mission of God has not changed for Canberra. The mission of God has not changed for your life. He wants to take dead things and bring them back to life. He wants to take those that have denied and restore them to their rightful place as fishes of men. Not fishes of fish, fishes of men. He says, Peter, do you love me? Right in the very setting that he denied him. And some of us, we would say, oh, but I've denied him in this way. I've denied him in that way. Some of us were like, I don't even want to go into my bedroom because it's a place of such sin. And yet he would say, what if I turned your bedroom into a glory realm? What if you met with the Lord in that place? What if God could take the very broken things in your life and bring them back to wholeness and healing again. And that is his invitation tonight. He would say to you, I want to revive you. I want to pour out my spirit on you. And I do not want the lies of the enemy to, for you to swallow them and believe that somehow you're disqualified because it's a lie. Jesus is the one that will look at you and while you were still a sinner, die for you. He restores and he redeems. It's in his nature. You bring him brokenness and he fixes it and gives you back wholeness and life and joy. And if you're here tonight and you would say, I need to bring my brokenness, my denial, my betrayal, all of this stuff that I have allowed to come at me to rob me of my true identity, because I'm telling you it's not your identity. If you call yourself a Christian, it's not your identity. You are righteous. You're holy. You're a king. You're a priest. You're a son. You're a daughter. You're the body of Christ, the bride of Christ. You're his beloved. But if you've allowed dung to stick to your feet, and tonight you would say, God, I need you to wash me. I need you to restore me and to get me back on mission. Then I believe there's a holy invitation for you tonight. And in a moment, I'm going to ask you to respond. I'm going to pray for you. But maybe you're here tonight and you'd say, Andrew, I'm not even walking with God. I don't even have a relationship with God. In fact, I am so far from God right now, I don't even know what I'm doing in church. Maybe you'd say, why am I even here? But God set you up. (laughs) I'm sorry. He's sneaky like that. What he won't do is he won't force you to into relationship with him, but he will present himself to you. 
And sometimes he presents himself to us in a rainbow or in a dream. Sometimes it's a ginger from Melbourne that comes and preaches and goes all over the place and in the end looks at you and says, come back to Jesus, come to God. And you just know that the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords is speaking through that red head from down under saying, come back. And I want to invite you right now, if you're here and you know that you know that you are not walking with God and you want to be saved, you want salvation, I'm telling you he will set you free. And if you know that you need that right relationship with God, tonight's your night. How do we get a right relationship with God? Well, the Bible says that first we have to confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord, believe in our heart that God raised him from the dead, and that's when we're saved. We've got to confess. So you've actually, tonight, you've got to say, God, I'm sorry. God, I'm choosing you as Lord. I believe that you died on the cross for me and you rose again to take my sin, and I want to choose you. You've got to confess and you've got to believe, but you've also got to repent. You've actually got to turn around. Do you know it's not enough to say, I love Jesus, if you're not saying, I hate sin. Some of us, we love Jesus and we tolerate sin. And yet God is saying, I want you to love me and I want you to hate that stuff. Because that's the stuff that's coming out to kill you. That's the stuff that wants to destroy you. That's the stuff that wants to rob you. And he's saying, no, no, no. If I've set you free, you're free indeed. No more. No more. So we actually have to repent, do a U-turn and walk in the ways of God. So if you're here right now, I'm going to do something that I don't usually do. I don't usually ask people to close their eyes. I don't usually, you know, do that because I go, well, you've got to be able to stand for God publicly. But I do believe that there are a couple of people here and there's just a sweet invitation between you and God tonight. And you know that you need to get right with God. And I want to actually just give you a bit of space tonight. So I'm going to ask everyone to close their eyes if you can. Just out of respect for what the Holy Spirit wants to do. And Ali, if you want, you could join me up here. You know, as you're sitting here tonight, you know that God is knocking on the door of your heart. and He's saying, let me in. I want to be your friend. I want to be your Lord. I want to be your saviour. Tonight is your night to come back to Jesus. I don't care whether you've been going to church for 10 years or you've been going to church for 10 minutes. I don't care how long it's been. This is not about looking at the outward appearance. The Bible says that man looks at the outward appearance, but God looks at the heart. You know that you know in your heart that God is saying, come to me. I want to save you. I want to forgive you. I want to bring you home. If you're here and you know that you're stuck in sin and you want freedom, you want new life, you want to give your life to Jesus and be done with the old and step into the new, then tonight is your opportunity to say yes to Jesus. If you're here right now and you know that's you, not looking to the person to the left or to the right, this is between you and God. You're not taking your friends. You're not taking your family. You're not taking your possessions to the gates of heaven. It's just you and what you did with Jesus. And if tonight you know that you have got to get right with God, I want to invite you to lift your hand right now because I want to pray for you. And I believe that God is going to do a mighty work in your life as you surrender everything to him. 
No one looking around. I can see the hands that are up. There's hands up all over the building. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen. There's people all over the building lifting their hands. And I can see that and the Lord can see that. For some of you, it's a rededication. You know you're saved, but you know you have been looking at the wrong. It's like just the trajectory of your gaze is off. And he's saying, behold my wonder. I'm calling you back to your first love. Some of you, this is the first time you've actually, you know, your family are Christians or you've got a buddy who's a Christian, but tonight's the night. And you knew you needed to make a decision. Is there anyone else while every eye is closed? Because I want to include you in this prayer. And you just know he's knocking on the door of your heart. And you know you need to respond. Just lift your hand right now. I'll see it and you can put it down. Come on, bro. Come on. He sees your heart. He just loves you so much. He has such a great plan and a future for your life. He just loves you so much. What I'm going to do is I'm just going to get uh, Pastor Patrick and Andrew just to have a look around. If you made that decision, just lift your hand up nice and high because these guys and Adam as well, these guys, only the pastors are going to look around because they want to they touch base with you afterwards. So if, if you lifted your hand, just lift it up nice and high real quick. I always say this, we can't stand for God in the church, got no hope in the world. And it's just three pastors and myself, but we just want to pray for you and touch base with you. So just... Lift that hand up nice and high. Maybe afterwards we'll spend some time praying together for those that want to come forward. Let's pray. Everyone that lifted your hands and everyone else join with me right now. We're going to pray and we're going to cry out to God. We'll do like a repeat after me. I'll pray and you repeat. Nice and loud. Are you ready? Are you ready? Come on. All of heaven rejoices when one sinner repents. Let's pray together. Dear Jesus, thank you for dying on the cross for my sin. Thank you for rising again. I choose you now. I am a Christian. I am on my way to heaven. And I will live for you all the days. All the days of my life. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Let's give God a round of applause. He's so good. He's so good.